0: If you're going to enter the space, pick an audience and a niche that fits what you're looking for, and don't just push out a random message around NFTs like you're throwing darts at a dartboard.
1: Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will repair you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. What is up, my friends? Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. And welcome back to another episode of The New Wave Entrepreneur. I'm so excited to have you. So excited to record another episode. And um, today's episode actually is, funny enough, with my friend Cam Kirkwood, who I met through a very interesting circumstance. And I'll let the show reveal exactly how we met, but it's not unlike many of the guests I bring onto the show. I always meet them through some sort of interesting experience or some sort of, uh, I don't know, I I should say interesting scenario. And we we usually have something uh, to talk about beforehand hand, in addition to them just having some expertise in their field. And Kim is no different. He's been he's been a marketing executive in some of the top tech firms for, uh, for the past 10 years. And he's really smart when it comes to uh, understanding how culture is changing because of all the changes happening in technology, Web3. Uh, we talk about NFTs. He really has a good perspective on how some of the biggest brands are moving. In fact, he was just an executive at Apple before he had his current company. So... I highly recommend you check out this episode if you want to know what the industry perspective is on some of these uh, most cutting edge technological changes and uh, that's you know that's it the last thing I'll say is make sure you're subscribed to whatever uh, platform you're listening to this this podcast on whether it's iTunes Spotify Stitcher etc cetera, etc cetera. you can check out newwaveentrepreneur.com to follow the podcast itself you can see all the episodes that we post uh, as well as some of the essays that I write and you have access to all of the things that we're doing uh, within the community so make sure you check out our newest workshop that's coming up. Uh, you can also access that at newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash peak. That's the Peak Performance Workshop for busy individuals, entrepreneurs, professionals who want to get a hold on their habits, who want to get more clarity on their goals and start executing, who want to uh, develop powerful routines for getting more things done, propel themselves, you know, move to the top of their field of business and work. If that's you, then that's what this workshop is for. Early bird tickets are on sale. Now you get 100 bucks off plus a buddy ticket. So you can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash peak to learn more about the peak performance workshop that's it let's check in with cam and jump into the show As we want it to go, you know, certainly before the show started, we were we were making notes, guys. The uh, that's the magic is the is all in the pre-production. What are we going to say? How are we going to say it? we're planning? None of this is spontaneous. Yeah, that's no Uh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the New Wave Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here. You know, I was checking out the uh, the global map of all the listeners in, uh, that the show is now, uh, touching. And I think we're at 95 countries now, which is pretty cool in some really interesting places. Like there's, you know, for instance, there's three people in Mongolia listening to the show right now. Who are you? Right in Daniel at new I want to hear from you or DM me. So I want to know who in Mongolia is listening. There's two in Russia. How am I getting through the VPN? How? Thank you. Thank you for being here. Shout uh, out Mongolia. The show is truly, <laughs> truly international. Uh, it's, it's produced. Overseas is produced. Uh, all our video content is produced uh, by by Jake, who is living in Paris, and uh, by Risco, who's producing our audio, who lives in Estonia. So wow. coming to you live from Oregon, and Cam, who we're talking to today,
0: is in LA. Hello, I am in LA, only for a couple more days. I'm about to move my yes. whole life across the country. Soon to leave.
1: <laughs> Soon to leave. Yes. You know. So the proper introduction for Cam is not his career which is interesting it's where we met that's the proper introduction (laughs) sure that is more appropriate and more personalized i feel don't you agree
0: i think so i think uh it blends industries right you can come from all walks of life and if you're someone who's pursuing growth and and uh happiness and just trying to increase your your overall i guess smarts you know you connect with people who are on that same level
1: Yes, uh, we met at a training program called MITT, which stands for Masters in Transformational Training. And I don't even think I knew this that. was a virtual.
0: <laughs> there was a virtual. You didn't, you didn't know what that is That's what MITT stood for. I don't think I you cared. Didn't, enough. You didn't know that? How did you not know that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It was a
1: good time. Jeez. You didn't even do the, you didn't even read the package. Hey, I Um, was doing the homework all the way through (laughs) though. Uh, so, so this is a, a a self-development course, which happens over a period of three to four days. And, um, it is designed to break your limiting beliefs and shatter your self-perceptions. But it is run in a very interesting way that I, I feel borders on cult. I, I think that synopsis is, is accurate I would say that uh, what was your overall impression you went a little bit further than I did what, what was your overall impression of the of the programming
0: I like the first phase as as you did as well um yeah, the first phase I do think was good. that you, I think that you do catch a vibe with the people who are kind of leading the overall facilitation of the program and the people that are within it, right you automatically connect with people like like we did with each other mm-hmm. and, and a couple mm-hmm. other um, yep. named folks that you could tell like you resonate an aura that is. Like I said before, like willing to learn, push yourself, all that good stuff. And it's a lot easier to connect with individuals like that and kind of like break down your walls in an effort of self-improvement, right? So that part was great. Um, The latter half, moving into the second and third phases, when, to your point, got a little bit like Sally, a little bit Colty, And you and I l- work in backgrounds where it's like, come on, like we know the psychology behind that you know yeah i mean i don't know
1: after after i did it so so i did i did the basic and then i did the advanced which is the the level two of it after i did the second the second round i knew that uh there's no way i was going to go up to level three the first round i i liked because i am of course always down to learn more about myself i'm always down to get slapped in the face i'm always down I, i i you know Work well with both positive and negative reinforcement, so I can be An encouraged important or I can trait. be,
0: you know, yeah. In any you know, walks of life, okay. any types of business, yeah. Negative yeah, I, constructive I can, criticism you know, is good. I
1: can hear constructive criticism. That's okay. I yeah. can take it. Yeah. You know. Um. So that's what I was looking for, and I got that in the basic. I felt like it was. I am still utilizing things that I observed myself in the basic, and I thought that was worth my time. And my perspective when I do these types of uh, workshops is I am a collector of uh, relationships. So, if I meet even one person per interaction experience that I then take out of that interaction and then have a relationship with outside of that, it's worth it to me. Uh, that's where I draw a lot of my wealth from is the, my relationships. Yeah. So. I agree. We're, we're already proving that, th- that that paid off for me. <laughs> what – so, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here is because you have – you're in an interesting position of – being on the inside of what some of the most popular brands are doing mm-hmm. um, to develop their marketing around some of the new technology, I guess, for, for lack of yeah. a better word, like can call it Web three, you can call it crypto space, NFTs, like there's a lot of things that are happening right now that are like extending the the use of the internet and it's a hot commodity. These larger companies, yeah, yeah, in these these larger companies have to learn how to adapt. I guess overall, well, first of all, give us some of your background, who, who you are and what your experiences have been to give context for what you're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Again, Daniel, for inviting me on and including me in this, I think this is going to be a really great conversation. Um, just because you have so much knowledge from from that consumer perspective, I think it's a mutual relationship, right? This will help me as well, as much as it will help um, listeners understand how things are going from a brand perspective. So my background, I won't go too crazy into it, so we can get to the fun stuff. But right now, I'm an Associate Director of Strategy. I work across, I have worked across numerous brands throughout my career. Most recently, I worked on Apple. I've done marketing for ExxonMobil. Ben and Jerry's and, and a plethora of other brands. Um, I'll spare the the client that I'm working for right now just to, to limit you know their their uh, personal uh, data and 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 stuff. Um, but the the net net is that I've done national marketing across the U S. for a lot of big name brands, and in the last two years, the crypto, the NFT, this whole metaverse space has become a hot. Topic oh, one, yeah. oh, yeah, that is trialed with many hesitations for a brand to jump into, but one that every single brand is inevitably going to have to, and so a lot of them have already started. Uh, yeah, looking. there's no choice, that's why it's called the wave
1: because you have to
0: be you, you either have to surf it or get crushed, but you're gonna be you have to respect it, it's coming, yeah. And one thing Daniel said to me, in a, and, and I, I literally said this in a presentation to one of my clients that really stuck with me, resonated with me, was crypto, metaverse, this whole space, everyone talks about you don't want to fall behind. We're already in the present. We're already there. You're already behind. Yes. Now yes. we're trying to catch up. Yeah, well, I mean, things move faster. Ever,
1: things move faster every year. Um, it's It seems like. There's, uh, there's some sort of law. It's not Moore's law, but it's like one of these different laws where it's like every year things get exponentially faster. Technology improves exponentially. And, you know, we haven't even talked about just, for instance, quantum computing, which is developing in at, at pace with uh, crypto and with blockchain. And I can imagine in the next 10 to 20 years. Computers are going to get so fast. I mean, I don't know if you've um, if you've done any uh, trading on, like, for instance, the Avalanche network. But I was uh, I was moving some stuff around there. Some of these transactions are so fast. Like, I will I, I will literally. Click. I'll press the button, and instantly, I'll see it reflected in my balance mm. on uh, on the desktop instantly with no with no refresh. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a fast that's a fast flow of data. I can imagine, you know, when quantum computing allows us to 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 do things that we we thought were impossible with computers because it's so yeah. fast.
0: That's really interesting. Right now, I'm working on an analysis um, about gamers in in general and how console gamers are living in a space where they think that they're at they're at the premiums of, of what they're using, right? Like they think they have the best graphics, the best options, all these things. But PC is there and has al- always been there. You think about the mindset and, and the patterns that go behind why a consumer who's always played Xbox thinks whenever you know a new gen comes out every five years, of course they're gonna think they have the top notch technology. And one of the points that I short hitting, period of time. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um but that's that's education, right? But but what's interesting about that, and one of the main points that I've been hitting is PC, to your point about quantum and, and NFTs, metaverse, all that stuff, like console's not going to have that. PCs are where it exists and where it's going to continue to grow and develop. And that's also your mobile phones, et cetera, right? So it's more of like a narrow field. So I just thought that was interesting that you brought that up.
1: Well, I, I see. I see all of the stuff in tech. There being some sort of like, I don't know if we call it like the singularity, but it's like you have you have virtual reality, you have augmented mm. reality, you have Internet of Things, you have uh, metaverse gaming, you have NFTs. It's like, whoa, guys, we're creating a universe on top of a universe here, and no one, no one person can start or stop it. But we're all doing it, and we're all going to yeah. be involved.
0: You know? Yeah. All those things are are serving some purpose. Absolutely. And what's fascinating about that and what I've definitely noticed amongst partners and different companies that I've been speaking to, everyone quantifies and classifies the metaverse as a different thing. Metaverse, in some brands' eyes, can be as simple as uh, an online store transaction. It could be something where you are implementing VR, right? Or It It doesn't mean you have to
1: be in a freaking bodysuit and, you know... (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: or it could be that right, and that's I think what people envision to be VR. I, I think where a lot of brands are seeing the future is is five to ten years down the line that you are putting on a VR headset, and you are walking down an avenue in a shopping mall that's online, and then you're going yeah. off the shelf yeah. and picking out a product and having it delivered to your door. Right? That's reasonable. I think
1: I, I I have an Oculus, and I I don't I don't love it. I don't love it. I the experience is fun. But it's just, man, it's just one more screen to look at. But
0: it is really, really immersive. Sure. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the scary thing for for not just the brands, but the consumers, right? It's like when that adoption becomes more reality than your actual reality, that's something that we don't have to worry about, I think, for a long time, but probably in our lifetimes. Well, I, I was curious.
1: I'll have to admit something I was curious I was looking at some porn on there. Holy shit. <laughs> that, I mean, that, well, you know, what I was thinking why it was dangerous is because porn is already addictive. It's but already bad. you look bad, at yeah. it on the VR, the, it's, re- it's real. Young men are not going to want to interact because honestly, man, the relationship aspect of being with a, a partner is the hardest part. Yeah. So if you could just cut the relationship aspect out and only have the physical sensation, the virtual reality plus your hand or, or even a dev- they have devices that would be say, like that would get you like seventy percent, seventy percent there.
0: And you could live it's off realistic. that. It's realistic. Yeah, you can live off that without that make it feel. You it wouldn't know? be
1: the best. It wouldn't be the best experience. It would feel broken, hmm. but you wouldn't have to deal with your shit because it would just be you.
0: And you could select whatever you wanted. And I looked at, and yeah. I thought, this is dangerous, actually, because this Very. is going to eliminate relationships. We're already starting to see that in Japan, right? In, in certain parts of Japan, yeah. where they are yeah. really yeah. addicted, you know, falling. They, they have anime and all that stuff, where like they are more in, intrigued in that, and there's having they are having a real issue over there. I watch a whole
1: documentary on that. Yeah, Th- there's a t- the term for it. I forget what the name is. There's a, there's a Japanese term for the people who are just in relationships with a device or the or or they they only like anime porn stuff like that it's it's uh
0: it's a just I mean, that's part reality. of the singularity
1: too mhm mm-hmm. well and then what about what about uh Elon Musk's neuralink you know hooking our brain mm-hmm. potentially to the computer to completely you know open up the bandwidth cuz right now what's stopping us is that our fingers and our brain can't input a speed fast enough into this keyboard to get every, to get everything out this yep. is a very clunky way of connecting. It's very analog. If we can connect just via our brain, our neurons—holy crap! But what cost is that going to
0: give us? How dangerous you know? is that going to be?
1: That's how you're dangerous talking about... is that going
0: to be for the for the pioneers? What is free thought at that point? It's going to be all public. Yeah, thought. I mean that's already an issue with social. Because there's
1: yeah, everything has to be monetized. So as soon as you open your pathway to your brain, holy crap!
0: Think about uh, all the influencers that exist right now who become huge and they just lose their self identity and self of like, um, personnel outside of their public image. Right. Talking like the big ones, like the, That's weird, uh, yeah. And and now you're talking about no filter whatsoever, just translated right into a space. Yeah. No barrier you know? between yeah. yourself and, and Crazy. The digital. I That's what actually, happen. it is going to happen eventually. Hopefully again, maybe not in our lifetimes. It's <laughs> like, as as you know (laughs) as a peer in our lifetime i think it'll it'll start on it um but whether we're actually you know transversing and like that's more the reality than our realities is the part that i'm hoping to to skip out on but i actually want to i want to ask you about um influencers in general because that's something that brands are heavily interested in always have been but as they translate into the metaverse and i think of a couple um examples there was a travis scott concert that he had done with Fortnite, which was huge i have numbers around here i think it was uh something like 200 million um just on youtube let alone what was done inside and what was interesting about that and kind of what i've been pitching to clients is it was a mutual mutually beneficial relationship it wasn't just the 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 brands behind it that got out of it. Travis Scott, in turn, was able to safely mm-hmm. engage with mm-hmm. his fans in a really unique way, and because of that, he saw an uptick in streams across Spotify. Travis
1: Scott needs to do digital concerts from now on. <laughs>
0: You're right. Yeah, this was before, by the way. His his whole he incident, needs to stay so. digital. Yeah. So that's one example. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other. No, it, it,
1: it's amazing. Well, I also wanted to, to, to draw out the fact that Travis Scott having how, how many people, you said how many people did, did 200 million I think you said? I it was
0: 200 mil on YouTube, yeah, something like that. Is that views or or individuals, views? That that was like views within like the actual reality experience, let alone Oof. like the external, yeah.
1: Now, now think about the demographic of that audience. That's got to be mostly kids, right? Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely. It was partner with Fortnite. You know,
1: young kids, like 10, 10 to 14, 10 to 17, something like that.
0: Definitely a little bit. Yeah, probably I, I would guesstimate between 10 and like 22 for to put a range. Interesting. That shows you where where it's
1: going because, you know, I, I wasn't on there, but I'm 30. I didn't even hear year. about it. I wasn't a
0: part of that. I group. wasn't
1: even in, in my layer of uh, consciousness. <laughs>
0: Right. And what's interesting, right, about something like that is I also think, even though the, the metaverse and, and online, this online experience is a device. It's a tool. It can be a vessel. It ultimately, from what I've seen, does depend on the artist. Travis Scott is arguably amongst the demographic that you just outlined. One of the biggest artists out there. Madison Beer. For sure. Did something similar. She did, um, this, uh, virtual reality immersive thing. She's a lot younger and she very much like, blew up on tiktok it's the only reason i've even heard of her right speaking of my age here <laughs> but she uh i saw a lot of media promotion. Like yeah for real i saw a lot of media efforts go into that to try and make her to, to retrofit her as a star i'm not saying she isn't and isn't going to be but there was a right. lot of backing that went you saw behind the machine that working and all the dollars that went behind it to try and elevate yeah. her right and she did not even close yeah. to pulling the numbers that travis scott did And I think that also does speak, one, again, to the artists themselves, but two, to the the age of this technology. I mean, you're not seeing right now, I think, like, TikTok-based, like, 10- to 13-year-olds with expensive VR headsets versus someone who's, you know, with their own buying behaviors.
1: Never forget what black culture is doing for America. You've seen it yourself, okay? No one's getting as much views as Travis Scott. He is a black kid from Houston. Never forget what black culture does for America. Black culture is American culture, even though I'm not happy with Travis Scott for what happened at his concert. Black culture. Absolutely. Okay? That's what I took from that whole
0: thing. Absolutely. That's a a great point as well. You can try and retrofit (laughs) like a, a pretty young star, or you have natural... That's right.
1: Okay, so are you so are you advocating for metaverse con- concerts? Is that what you're saying? You're saying this is a good thing to be doing.
0: It's tricky, right? Because one, that's a lot of money to put on. I would take more if I were to recommend this to a brand and and the, uh, consulting for a couple clients that are definitely interested in the space. I would take more of a low key approach that we know works and really targets an audience that will jump on to the experience. So Travis Scott, that was probably like, a lot of money to put on and that's very broad. You're also talking about one of the most expensive artists to bring in for any brand or client, right? It and It cost partner with... them a lot of money to promote him? It costs a lot of money to put something like that on. The, the, what, what does it cost? It could be, dude, it could be anywhere. Like if you're talking something like that, you're talking one mil to, to 10, if you depending on how much you want to put yeah, into these it.
1: Com- these companies have billions.
0: You th- you'd think yes do but they you care also about one million 10 when million you, if you are in like the behind the scenes and like seeing how marketing is like shelled out where like how meticulous and calculated every media dollar goes to we go into television we know what works and out of home and then you start talking about like experiential and side budgets it's not easy for a brand to just pick something up so an example of something that I think made a lot of sense right in this in this world okay I forget the brand that sponsored it, but Animal Crossing, which is a very popular game on, like, the Nintendo Switch, and it's been a long-standing game, I know hosted game. this thing yeah. where they did, like, a almost, like, Jay Leno-esque uh, talk show, Stephen Colbert, in the game, in their little Imobis, and then they would bring guests on who actually play Animal Crossing, the biggest one being Selena Gomez, came on into this virtual experience and then people who love or who die-hard Animal Crossing fans got to log on to the game and watch it as if they were sitting in the virtual crowd as she was in her Moby form, cracking jokes and, and answering questions. And I thought that oh, was okay. really, really cool. cool. And probably cool. a limited budget. Like, you could have gotten away with that because it was niche enough and it was also like it spoke to your audience enough. So that's a smart example.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's... I feel like with this type of uh technology where you're doing stuff in in the metaverse whether you're doing like a virtual experience or you're doing some sort of NFT launch if you're doing it right you should be able to create a viral effect with it you shouldn't have to spend millions and millions of dollars to make it work well like i feel like people they they're like they just try to, try to blast it to death and make it so big that it can't fail but it's like get creative with your marketing too don't just Put it on every billboard. Don't just like try to paper the time with it. I've seen that. They try to force it. It's like watching like Justice Justice League or, or no, what is it? Suicide Squad, DC. Mm. They put so much fucking money behind that movie. And they're like, this is the movie. This is the movie. And I watch this. So I'm like, this is trash. I hate this script. I hate the way this is shot. I hate, you know, the storyline. You know, where's all this money going?
0: And you are preaching That's a long way of saying, get creative with your marketing. <laughs> absolutely you're preaching the age-old tale right even before the the days of metaverse this is something that i've definitely had to fight throughout my career is thinking outside the box and not just being a robot in your everyday role um it's about balancing the data with the contextual and that's really hard to do for some people um you mentioned dc which was funny because i, I was, one of the case studies that we referenced was dc putting out a bunch of nfts and the sentiment for it and for anyone who doesn't know what sentiment means is that We have data, machine learning that's able to look at the positive and negative sentiments at large on Twitter, Facebook, all these things aggregated based on the keywords. So we're able to see like what is truly positively being resonated without having to look at every individual tweet. And those NFTs that the Justice League and and DC put out were really poorly received. I'm talking like I don't think I have a right here. (laughs) Hold on. First of all, it makes me sad. Second of all yeah. what,
1: what does the data look what does the data output look like? Does it say is it a number score or value that you tells you what the sentiment is like?
0: Yeah so what it'll do is it'll pull in like keywords right so it, it's never gonna be completely accurate but it's it's enough to make it a science right where it's like if you're saying wow. this sucks and you have the word suck next to the the brand, And then you time it up with like what's happening. And then you also pair an NFT, something like that, right? You're going to see that output. And so we have all this data. And what I'm seeing across the board, I don't have the DC numbers in front of me, but I do have the actual overall sentiments. And so what we're seeing as of the last, I'd say, three to six months is an overall 22% positive sentiment, 4% negative, and the rest is neutral that means that you're not able okay. to accurately assign uh, a take on on the sentiment one way or another. It's pretty in line with what you typically see. And what we recommend as as from a marketing perspective in this social sphere is a 4 to 1 positive ratio before you actually activate on something. So 22 to 4 obviously well exceeds that. So <laughs> we're in a space yeah. Yeah, where we're comfortable enough to move forward, but there's still a lot of backlash that's happening that brands have to be wary of. Hence we don't want to go into it the way that a DC did, where they kind of just threw out NFTs and made consumers paid for it without any creative um, spin to it. it On was... the roadmap or anything or yeah, they kind of were just like, hey, let's jump in the NFT space and let's let's roll it out. And it just it wasn't well received. Now now
1: Matrix did that too. What about theirs? How'd theirs do? They just produced them and there's, here you go. The movie's out here's NFT. And I'm like, well, what, what is this for? What does it do?
0: Yeah. Well, what's, you know, what's really interesting about the data right now, and I did, I did a projection chart on this, right? Is I mentioned where we were kind of sitting at six months ago. The way I'm positioning with the clients is let's tread on this carefully and we definitely want to be there, but let's watch and monitor and see. As it continues to grow, not just in terms of positive to negative, but overall chatter. Because we want to be in a space, whether it's volatile or enough, that will actually be merited of the media dollars that we're putting in. That's called a return on ad spend, right? So what we're seeing is that over the last six months, there's been a 26% increase in overall sentiment on NFTs specifically. And that's key, right? Because that means that not only is there talk happening there's education around the the benefits exactly because that's the thing there's a lot and you can i want to hear your thoughts on this the one of the biggest things that i've been hearing is the and we talked about this even before this call is the the eco side of things and there's a big perception that there's a huge eco um, negative impact that nfts have to which you pointed out to me That that may be the one or two huge cryptocurrencies, but there's a lot of upcoming ones that are effectively have no footprint on on the world, which is good for brands. Hence, the need for education. Hence, why it's so important to measure the overall chatter. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the eco
1: thing, I think one, people don't care as much about being eco-friendly as they say they do when it really comes down to it it's like they're like yeah. oh you know protect the ozone layer back in the 90s everyone stopped using hairspray and you're like yeah sure 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 stop using hairspray but like no one stopped using hairspray yep. you know we just kept using it but we said this is bad we know we shouldn't be doing this it's like if we find a way of making digital money we're going to either do that legally or illegally and it's gonna we're gonna use the energy to do it it's like we're still on coal we're still on gas you know we all know we still smoke cigarettes it's like we know <laughs> we know yeah. but uh yeah i mean so so what what i'm hearing is that like just the entry into the nft space the entry into the crypto space entry into the web3 space is something that from a from a big brand perspective you're looking at as like almost just risk management and then allocating more and more dollars as the sentiment in the space improves and then trying to get in there first with innovative projects and things that are going to capture attention rather than just launching something and just just to for the hell of it and then it not doing well you'd rather hold absolutely. off and wait and do it well than be like we're NFT in you know we're gonna
0: absolutely NFT. otherwise you face okay. a Pepsi right what happened with Pepsi the Kendall Jenner where she's like, do you remember that? Where she like, go look up the spot because it was the most viral, like, it was about two years ago. Did, did
1: she, did she, was, was there, was there a racist thing happening with that? Yeah. Was it, it racist? Well, it was
0: more like, she was running she was running around with like and sharing a Pepsi with like cops and then she would share it with like a black person and Hispanic person. It was just oh so tone God. deaf and them trying oh to like pander God. to like everything and it, it it erupted the company, right? And so that's why it's so important <laughs> to monitor. Pepsi
1: is like, come on guys, we're just, we just want you to drink soda. We don't care about that. We just want you to drink our soda. This is how you, how you know, save not, the world. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, God, fuck, we can't even put a soda ad anymore without it going viral you know viral for racism yeah i mean like with the dc thing isn't there something to be said about you know trying stuff like what just because they're dc they they're infallible they can't they can't do anything you know is it yeah. okay just to try things or where do you draw that line between testing things and having it to go perfect
0: that's the thing i mean that's also going back to what i was saying before where like a lot of people and what i do can sometimes be overly careful and like they depend too much on the science because realistically, I mean, it had a huge right. negative backlash on social. Do you think those consumers are just going to stop buying DC comics that they've always been buying it their whole life? You know, maybe. There might be a percentage.
1: What was the negative backlash for? Just because it wasn't well produced?
0: No, I mean, I think it was the eco stuff. It was just people being like, this is a bad look on you for like doing this. It's just lack of education, no. right? Like it's – that's the thing. That's why the sentiment – watching is so important is because as more people talk about it more people realize that it's it's not what they were told it was initially yeah i mean well i also think too that like
1: just in terms of brands getting into the meta space this the artwork that they're selling the digital pieces of art these little these little small little tokens this is this is like level zero of the use cases for these types of technologies. What, what's the, what's the next step of this technology? What, where's it actually going to be used? This stuff, I feel like we're just, there's no real significance to a
0: lot of the stuff that's being traded. Now. Again, is this metaverse, you know, to your point, like, or is this yeah. just e-commerce? Yeah. I mean, again, I think like the long-term goal. And I think what a lot of brands are looking for is the ability to transgress like an amazon where you're just looking on a site and have like an, a shopping mall that's online e you could walk so you're through like, and you're look in at and you're like, oh,
1: and, oh i'm gonna get the yeah you know i'm gonna get the this and put this in the bag yeah. and I, you know, do this and i'm shopping in my house i never leave my house anymore but i'm shopping exactly. at the mall make it, it as easy going, as possible picking up my my virtual groceries and an instacart comes with
0: my groceries Exactly. I don't go to the store anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Holy and, shit! And have robots deliver it, not humans. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Holy and, hell! And so I mean, there's, there's not even a grocery store. It's just a, it's just an Amazon distribution factory.
0: It's just a, it's just
1: a warehouse <laughs> with all the products. Oh my god! Yeah. There's and there's no restaurants. It's all ghost kitchen. So it's all just yeah. in a warehouse, and they just send out, you know, Don Pablo's and you know, Mister Mister Wong's and you know yeah, it's like mix and
0: match the kfc are all you know yeah i, I want a burger king burger but i oh. want mcdonald's fries make it happen oh. <laughs> oh no horrible yeah so i mean obviously that it it, it kind of is our future um i think again i don't think it's gonna happen for a long time i mean look how long it took to even get us to where we are where we're getting more comfortable with a tom brady nft and all these like big sports players like putting in their own coins and whatnot right Owning their own e teams, all that good stuff. That was huge in 2017 too, but a lot of people got clapped for that. 2017
1: yeah. was a real shady time, and it was too early.
0: But when? It's too early. To your point, right? Like, well, yeah. That's I mean, why why do you think some, Facebook it, rebranded
1: yeah. as Meta? Well, it's interesting. There was a, there was a. I don't, I'm not sure if you're following this, but there was the seizure of 4.6 billion dollars in stolen Bitcoin that. That, that a couple had been holding onto from a 2016 heist. And that's early stuff. And you know what I think when I see that? I think, you know, okay, whoop-de-doo. The Department of Justice got the 4.5 billion. You think that they're going to just, oh, we'll just, we'll find the, we'll find the owners of this. We'll, we'll give this away. No, they're going to keep it. They're just going to keep it in their digital vault. And then they're still going to say, we're going to kill cryptocurrency, but we're going to keep this 4.6 billion, you know? Totally.
0: That's fascinating. Put that towards our taxes. Yeah.
1: Okay, so great. Absolutely. You seized it. Kill, what are you gonna do with it? <laughs> kill my taxes, then? Didn't you just you just got a four point six billion dollar check, Yeah. Joe? <laughs> I, um, think, I just think it's, it's hypocritical. It's like you know the government can be anti crypto in some ways, and then but they're happy to seize the crypto.
0: You Is know? that anything like, new? They're like regardless you know, of crypto, no. you know. So
1: no, they're anti drug, but they're happy to like seize the drugs exactly. and sell the drugs yeah. and transport the drugs, and we know this. You, you know, ever listened to uh, Reagan
0: by Killer Mike? One of my favorites ever. Exactly what you are speaking to. I no. recommend. No, I haven't heard it. Go check it out. Okay. After. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I, I know, I know all about
1: the Re- the Reagan the Reagan story with the drugs,
0: but yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the war on drugs was just another way to enact slavery within the prison, right? Just through prison. Oh, well, and we, um, you know, it's
1: always a war on something. It's always like a, mm-hmm. a war on drugs, war on terror, war on a virus. But these are all in, invisible concepts. Yeah. And so, when you're fighting something that, that's not even a
0: visible opponent, the war is never over or manufactured. It's very right. expensive. Yeah, it's totally. It's a distraction at the end of the day. But I'm curious. So the <laughs> the heist that you mentioned, right, with uh, the the mm-hmm. two, wasn't the wasn't the girl mm-hmm. like an actual influencer on TikTok who like was like a trash rapper and that was her whole shtick? Just awful. But I I, I think I think so. I think she was a rapper. Yeah, which. Just makes it all weirder. It just makes yeah. it all a weirder. It's just wild how like uh, these things intertwine. And, uh, it's almost like,
1: how did they get, co- I mean, for, okay. So that's, yeah, first of me. all, that just shows you every, everyone thinks that crypto is so hard to track. It's not, it's very easy to track. It's very, that's the whole point. The whole point is it's on a ledger. You can just follow the wallet address from wallet to wallet. It's very easy to track. That's the whole point. Um, I, yeah, I just wonder like, yeah, how did they get like, Man, I can't believe they got caught.
0: <laughs> I don't know how that happens, right? Well, actually, I heard that weren't they like trying to you like know? translate into like Walmart gift cards or something like that? And that's how they can't tra- billion a billion
1: dollars in the Walmart.
0: Gift. That's what they were like trying <laughs> the to funnel it scam into- ever. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh no, it's horrible. Pampers. Um. Oh God, no, it's horrible. Yeah, can I can I get a, just a ten million dollars in gift cards? You know, in one shot. No, it's yeah. horrible. Um. Yeah, I just, I, part of me, honestly, whenever I see things like that, especially when it's financial crimes, honestly, part of me always roots for the criminal. I know this sounds bad, sure, but like I'm always like, oh, I hope they get away with the heist. Whenever I watch, you know, I almost got away with it, or like, or even like American Greed, I'm like, yeah, get it, get it, get it. Especially if it's like robbing money from a bank, the bank yeah. is just making money. They don't. It's not a real. It's not harming anybody. It's a figment, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah, it's like, okay, they stole 4.6 billion in, in Bitcoin. I think they sold from an exchange. Obviously, yes, I know people lost their money, so it's not good. But it's like, you know, come on, it's not the, just, <laughs> even, even, even Bernie, you know, even Bernie Madoff, I'm like, okay, he slipped up. He had a big Ponzi scheme. I know it's bad. Yeah. I
0: know it's bad,
1: but it's, it's amazing what he did. It's amazing.
0: So. It's funny that you said that because I, I wasn't going to say it, but it actually, I was, I was low key thinking that about the girl we were just talking about where it's like, Hey, yeah, you scammed out like five billion dollars, and you're making money yeah, being like amazing. a trash influencer. Like at least you're hustling out there, yeah. you know?
1: Because because the, the here's the thing: the government is such a, a piece of shit, and they're such scammers, and they it, they enforce this moral ethical code. On us like you got to pay your taxes, you got to be ethical, you got to be moral, and they're doing all this shady shit. All these other fucking uh, billionaires and trillionaires are doing all the shady shit. Oh, and some some norm some normie still some some bitcoins a billion bitcoin and now oh they're evil and the department of justice got going to take them down department of justice has Headlines. been finally trillions like an evil corporation for years decades so i don't care if miss trash rapper steals some bitcoin i hope she gets it i wish i had some of it personally but that's just me hoping that i'm wishing that i got some i'm not mad at her for stealing it honestly but i I understand why it's not good. I get it. I so lost, let me but I'm let me saying.
0: ask you because I I have no idea how this works. But like, how do you how does one even steal a Bitcoin? How does that work?
1: Uh, I mean, she just she stole she she obviously like either because it was it was in a um it was in an exchange hack. So I think. Something happened in 2016 where one of the major exchanges, I think, was like I don't know if it was Bitfinex or one of them was hacked, and these two people were involved in that hack, and this is them transferring some of that money around from that hack. That would just be them finding like a, a, mm. a crack in the code and being able to extract different money from different wall, money from different wallets, um, which you know is ultimately mm. bad, but it because it, it is individual people's money, so I understand. Yeah. But it's a, you know it's like at the same time it's like man. It's amazing, <laughs> and that's—I
0: mean—that's a lot of money for like just seeing how much a that's single a, money. a single Bitcoin is worth. So, if, if that's the case, right. to your to your point about the government, if they they actually hold it, but let's say like not all of it, but let's say some of it's released, will that affect the the crypto ecosystem? Because all of a sudden now there's not a finite as much amount because like now it's flooding the streets again, oh. and more people will. That's more pie to play with.
1: No, because it's a, it's a trillion dollar industry now. I mean, it's a, it's, a it. sm- it's a still a small piece of the total Bitcoin supply. You know, it's it's still, Got you it. know, it's a lot of coins, but it's, it won't kill, it won't do anything crazy with the market. But, you know, I don't think the government ever will release it. And that's why I'm saying like, okay, if it's between these private individuals having it and the government having it, like, I don't want them to steal it. But if it's between those two parties having it, I'd rather the individuals have it. Because what's the government going to do with it? Nothing mm. good. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but you know, what can they even do with it besides just sit on it?
1: Well, Elon Musk says something interesting. I want to hear your take on this. Yeah. He said, um, he said, everyone's talking about taxing billionaires. Uh, but he thinks that if you get to a certain point where you have billions of dollars, you obviously have more money than an individual can use in their lifetime or consume. So it's really now you just being a, an allocator or steward of capital mm. and that if he as a billionaire has proved himself a better steward of capital based on the results he's gotten than the government which doesn't really prove himself to be very good stewards of the capital that yep. he should be allowed to just keep that money because he obviously is better with it than they are going to be what is your opinion on that
0: it's a slippery slope because, I mean, at the end of the day, while well, the government, I'm, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, they are an established entity versus, like, someone who could just, I agree with this. And, and to what he was kind of saying and what I really liked that he did recently was he was like, if I do donate one billion to charity, I want to see. Where every single cent goes. I don't want to see it run through like some third party right. thing. Like I need yeah. to know that my dollars are actually going to help the ecosystem lift. That I like because that means if he's going to yes. pass it off, then I need to make sure because that was always my concern when I donated charity. Like you've heard the, the scams where he's even on like a lower level in your local neighborhood where they, they just, they pocket it, right? Like following it's that a money. Yeah, I agree. That's I how I feel about the church too. Of the course. church is a great business model. Of course. Oh my gosh. It's the best. Isn't one it great? In, in think about it. Human history, if you think about it.
1: Joel Osteen is a mini a mini king. He understands a pope. how yeah. he he can do whatever he wants, you know, in his little bubble. And, and the amount of money that these figures make, and that it's tax free because they all run it, they run it through the church. And that's how it is with big businesses, too. Yeah. T- same thing with Jeff Bezos, all tax free. You create mm-hmm. these entities. That is part of the system that you can love and hate at the same time because you love the fact that that's possible. The capitalist nature is like, yes, look at
0: this. But yeah. the hate is like, man, it's, it's not, 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 not always fair, <laughs> not ethical sometimes. Totally. Yeah. And on your point, I actually heard something recently that piqued my interest and i don't know like the economy like stuff behind it this is just something that like i thought was interesting they said instead of just taxing us on on our wages which obviously hurts like the lower and middle classes what if you up the tax on higher luxury items so when you're buying a mercedes it's just taxed way higher that's going to affect the rich yeah and it's not going to affect like the the lower middle class
1: yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's all if if they're writing if they're writing some of these things off on their taxes for their business mm-hmm. anyway. Like if I bought a Mercedes, the business is buying that anyway. So hopefully that would. It's a thing. There's always a loophole. There's always a loophole. The for system is court. designed to help yeah. rich people, which I don't. Which you know, I aspire to be wealthy. So I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to um like like cast any type of negativity towards wealth because I aspire to that. Yep. But I can also see you know Me where too. that game can have sharp edges to it.
0: Absolutely. And you see it everywhere. Like, I mean, every industry is corrupt. I I mean, it happens in my industry all the time where like someone will take you out and I hate it. Like I, I actually very much stand against it but like a partner will take you out to like a really lavish expensive dinner i actually have story my first day ever in the industry i was just you know i was a little whelp, and i'm like sitting there like nervous and watching everyone amazed how they're able to speak so eloquently and all this stuff and (laughs) and they uh they're like let's we're gonna go to a dinner a partner's gonna take us out and i didn't know what that meant right go out and this is like new york city so remember this is off like probably three unpaid internships where i'm like dying and like hustling on the side and all this stuff take me out to this expensive dinner and meatpacking district which is you know very expensive high rise all that good stuff and it's just seafood and seafood and the craziest plates I've ever seen is like someone who's brand new into this world Um, at the very end of it my like manager takes the receipt and he just like slickly passed off to me to just look at the price of the bill because he was like (laughs) they're paying for it and it was three thousand dollars And I just remember sitting there the whole night when I got home being like, I kind of want to quit. Like, this is so messed up. Because the wink wink is that we're going to give them $200,000 in media efforts. Right? So... That the way I kind of flip the script on it is like, yeah, I work hard and it's nice to have like a, a break and stuff like that. Um, but I have like morals with it where I'm like, I'm not gonna do it unless I'm working with you first, is one thing. And then two, like if I have enough capita and if I like actually work my way up the way I want to in New York City, I wanna change all that shit. You know what I mean? No more so wink So winks. you so 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 what uh bothered you about the wink wink? What what I, I missed that piece. It bothered me. It's just like someone who knows like how far $3,000 could go to like families, charities, like people who are just suffering. Like all my friends for the most part are still working in grocery stores and gas stations, you know, yeah. knowing how much like that could do. And just to have that spent on a dinner for like people who are just very entitled to get it, you know, really bothered me. It really irked me. I've worked through it, but you know,
1: that's how, that's how it is in, in the, in the, the New York game. I kind of feel like uh, I watch an episode of succession and I can, I can just understand oh, yeah. how much wealth
0: is just lavishly wasted, pissed away, you know? Bro, if, if you watch Mad Men, that's still today just without as much coke, right?
1: Which, <laughs> that's still now, the reality. Now, though I feel like those lifestyles, especially like the succession of the Mad Men lifestyles of the the, the pure opulence of of – just living those, especially, you know, when you look at some of those like New York high rises, those apartments, those, you know, those 10 million plus dollar, 20 million plus dollar condos, you know, really expensive ones. For me, there's a, a sense of awe and there's a sense of, uh, almost like, like admiration for that. Even oh, yeah. though I have it. Some of those guys are like, Oh man, shady. They're the, the,
0: the shady ones. You yeah. Know? But you're right. That's my aspiration as it's well. top of the food I'm, chain though, man. I'm looking at apartments right now where I'm like, I want to booge up. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've earned it. You know, yeah. I'm making enough money for it. And it's, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with aspiring for su- success and like getting to those levels. That's, that's my ultimate goal right now in my life. It's the taking advantage and the entitlement that will always get me. Yeah. That's the part that kind of irks so, me and you see it everywhere.
1: So what, okay. So, so talk, so kind of like. Bringing it back to, to meta, when you're thinking about the companies that you're working with and you guys are developing a strategy for, you know, whether or not you guys are going to roll out a product that is in the metaverse, whether it's NFT, whether it's some sort of token, whether it's some sort of like event or experience, what do you find are some of the, like the things you've seen that have worked really well and some of the things that, um, that you think would be interesting to try in campaigns? Like, what do you see as the future Mm -hmm. of marketing in this space? Going forward.
0: Yeah, in terms of things that we've done well so far, honestly, not too much because of because of all the hesitations that I mentioned. Um, I think just being approachable to it in a way that's relevant to consumers is is the biggest thing that not just like the brands that I've worked through that toyed in the in the pond, but other brands have done as well. Being able to speak to them on a level. That makes sense and that doesn't come off as like, oh, I'm just trying to play in this because everyone else is doing it. Oh, it's just the hot topic, the NFTs, the metaverse, all this stuff. No, like there's genuine interest to build in here. I think will resonate with um, consumers who are overall just engaged in the space more, right? The future... We mentioned like the whole shopping malls and stuff like that, but there's going to be a lot of steps that are taken before we hit that point. And I think it's capitalizing on experiences on the way. So a big campaign that's been referenced a lot um, by Sotheby's, I I believe they created an artificial museum within like a space Mm. that was online and then produced Mm. NFTs um, that right. were that's either right. branded or non-branded and it could just be art. And so where I would like yeah. to – where I kind of see the future, right, is instead of, again, because there's a part of that where it's still clearly a brand created this for the sake of selling a product there's a disconnect, right. comes off a little bit pushy. Right. Like what makes sense right. to me, if you do something almost identical where it's a museum, that's all consumer art. Except it's maybe the, the spiel of it instead of NFT of the product. It's we created these NFTs on our MacBook, on our our, our computer of whatever brand it is, right, Dell computer. That makes more sense to me because that's more interpersonalized. and you're not just being like, here's a Tom Brady NFT. Here's the product NFT that has no right. real association, right? It's art. It's art that lives online but you used us to make this beautiful art.
1: I could see too, like in terms of creative marketing, you know, when I use the Oculus, for instance, there's this really interesting like virtual, I guess it's called maybe like a virtual desktop almost, where Mm -hmm. you are basically in a... I don't know if you have you have you used it before. It's like where you're basically on a on a in a tropical location, or it looks mm-hmm. like you're in a you know in a villa in the Mediterranean, and the detail is extraordinary. And you can walk around in this location, uh, yep. and, and you know it's all sensitive to the the amount of space in your house, uh, so you can draw an invisible map of the house, yep. and you can you know know where you can step. So it's pretty interesting. I could see companies paying for product placement in there. Like you look on the ground, Absolutely. you see oh there's like there's an object there. Let me pick that up. Oh it's a you know, oh, it's a Coca Cola token. You know, for you know fifty cents off. That is going to be, I think, the most obvious form of integrating people's virtual recreation experience with the commercial experiences. Right now, I kind of agree with Absolutely. you. What you're saying is like, okay, if we if we make some sort of marketing campaign in the metaverse, everyone's going to know that they're going there because we want them to buy something, and that's not as organic as them being there because they want to be there. It's pushy, you know.
0: It's like, yes. hey guys, It's fake. Buy your NFT, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some of the most powerful methods of advertising of all time is the subliminal, right? It's it's the where mm-hmm. you actually didn't realize mm-hmm. who the brand was until you're sitting there in the forced encounter where you're like, I need to pick this product over this product. Obviously, I'm going to yeah. pick Charmin because it's softer, but you don't really realize that, right? What's, you know, it's, it's funny because this is a whole thing that has already happened through the gaming industry, in-game advertising. We've already walked through this ecosystem of what you're referring to. And it had a lot of trial and tribulations that the metaverse can now, if brands are smart, skirt around. And that being, and I'd imagine, you know, and you tell me, but I imagine the consumers who live within this crypto metaverse experience right now are very passionate, very reminiscent to gamers. And if you're interrupting the in-game experience – You are pissing the gamer off. If you are including, I think there's an example of this where like, um, a shooter game had like a, I'm I'm making up the brands in the, in the game here, but like had like a supreme store that existed within the game experience and you can shoot up the whole environment, but like that store remains impenetrable because it's branding. (laughs) You are fking up the game experience. (laughs) <laughs> you do not want to do that you want to enter it so that's natural so a lot of things that i'm seeing nowadays in in-game advertising is like if you're driving through like a race course track or you're playing 2k you'll see the banners and stuff within that with branding as you would in the real world right, that makes sense right. that makes sense yeah we're,
1: we're just cop we're just copying what we're what we do in real life it's more can you know it's like we're trying to make it like you're trying too hard if you try to make it too cutesy. It's like just do yes. it like you would do it in real life and that makes it feel more organic. Cause then it's weird. Absolutely our defenses aren't up.
0: Exactly. And the metaverse is gonna be that and i imagine tenfold, right? So let's learn from those Honestly, mistakes.
1: I I felt like that just as a kid playing Grand Theft Auto, listening to their radio. Oh yeah. When I was Great driving in the car, man. and I'm like, that to me felt normal. It felt like a natural experience of driving and listening to the radio, except that those were product placement songs genius and i would drive around way before to the radio way before their time with that it felt very realistic that, and that was a metaverse of sorts you know yeah it, it was, right it was an early it was an early metaverse because you you kind of you had your own identity you had, you had your identity there had side missions had yep. you know free reign Trending of the grass in reality, reality mostly like
0: a within a game experience yeah. evil metaverse yeah i
1: thought it was just seeing how bad you could be how bad can i make right. it you know?
0: right 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 you know, right How yeah um, no but we're on the same page. and it's What's powerful about that is like you as a consumer can recognize that and a lot of marketers still don't.
1: Yeah. It, well, it, you know, I think um, I, I enjoy being marketed to if it's done well because I appreciate yeah, I the technique, mm-hmm. you know. I opt in. Yeah, but I, I respect it. You know, it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Good marketing mm-hmm. should be entertaining. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's one thing that, that's important too, just uh, not taking yourself too seriously you know, um, and and having a flexible approach to trying new things. So, so don't be stale. Um, well, like like for instance, Apple is a good is a good example. You worked They're with the Apple, best. and um, you know they, now now would you say that their marketing is stale now, or what would you say about their marketing now?
0: No, because they have like they have their marketing transgresses a campaign. They are the best for a reason. They are an identity. When the new iPhone comes out everyone rushes to get the new one because it's part of their culture if there is that to me is surprising still you think what happens do you have an iphone yeah do you when people message you and you don't get the blue message and it's green does it bother you oh i always judge them oh you judge them that. immediately oh totally yeah i know what type of person that's either. marketing
1: what that or if they had a Hotmail email address, which my wife has a Hotmail, and I say, that's the one thing I can't stand about you. She so got a Hotmail email address. It, it shows that you don't care about the internet.
0: It's all brand perceptions. That was not <laughs> done by
1: accident. It shows that you don't care about
0: the worldwide you – have, you haven't
1: cared since the World Wide Web. The Apple thing, sure, but I don't – but the, my thing is I – well, actually, you know what? I can't say that. I can't say that. I was going to say that I don't I don't want to give them any more money, but I'll tell you a story about Apple. I had I was I was getting militant with my relationship with Apple, so I'm not going to buy any more Apple unless it's shares of Apple because I've given them so much money over my life. They don't deserve a penny more. They're a trillion dollar company. Fuck you. And so I went to the Amazon store, which is not like Amazon's any better. But I went to go get an Acer computer because I needed a new computer. My other computer broke. Long story. Whatever. So I powered up the Acer. It was three hundred bucks. I was like, "Man, that's great." The the, the cheapest Apple's twelve hundred bucks. Fuck you, you know. I powered up the Acer. Within ten minutes, I was like, "This is a piece of crap. Can't use it. It's already freezing up. It wants to load Norton antivirus. You yeah. know, it can barely. It, it, it's, it's already slow." That that computer is sitting in my closet. I went and I got a MacBook Air the next week. for $1. And by the $1. way, like
0: a lot of these computers aren't <laughs> necessarily a piece of crap. Some of them are for sure, but some of them are not, but you are programmed to the UI as if you were the 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 programming itself. That's true. Your mind is that answer was crap. But yes. (laughs) Right? So when you see something else and it feels that's the whole like the powerful thing behind like a brand identity, it feels inferior whether it is or not. That's brand Yeah,
1: it's true. So, well, I guess the, what I'm trying to ask is, you know, with Apple's marketing, yes, they're very smooth. They're very good. You know, I – well, first of all, do you think that they're still innovative?
0: Yeah, I mean you could talk about it in terms of like the technology and like the things. But like if you look at like the difference between the Apple Watch – five watches ago and this one, the only difference is like they've included like a heart palpitation thing. I have no idea, right? Right. But sleeker design, new things like people are buying in. I would well, argue those the most are innovative things – that- Maybe, but I would argue the most innovative things in the world are what's selling the most. You can do creative things as like a low brand and like, oh, wow, like, and this stands out and makes PR news.
1: Well, okay. Here's what I mean. They haven't created any new categories recently. When they created the iPhone, it was a new category of consumer product. They haven't done that. And even the iPad, even though there were tablets before that, they really solidified that category as well. So they just haven't been able to, to capture
0: that again. What about the AirPods Pro? Uh,
1: the you know what I will say the AirPods are have been their most uh, I think genius recent product. Two actually, but two of the things I'll say though regarding Apple in almost in separate distinctions is one um, I'm concerned that the AirPods are probably not that good for you. I'm concerned that like Bluetooth is probably not that good for you as I wear this Bluetooth headset. I'm like, yeah, man, it's probably yeah, not good for you. Yeah, so maybe I shouldn't be wearing them. But outside of that, the valuation of Apple. I was just reading, just their digital services business is worth. I think it was like thirty billion or something.
0: Oh yeah, we're not even like we Just haven't even hit services. on. I I completely. I worked on Apple TV Plus, and I forgot to mention that. You know, that's
1: even even if they're they didn't they stop selling any iPhones, it doesn't matter. Yes, their digital end. Yes, i uh, iTunes, uh, Apple TV, Apple uh, iCloud, um, all that stuff, all the which yes. Now I understand. They're they're actually mirroring Amazon and they're actually mirroring each other cuz that's Amazon's model as well. It's just that a- Apple was later to the game and Apple was focused on physical products for a long time. Yep. And and they found
0: a way to blend those. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the new Wave Entrepreneur podcast. I really appreciate your time. I do not take it for granted. And I want to let you know that if you're enjoying this show and you're really getting a lot from it, it goes deeper. Oh yes, there's more. In case you haven't heard, we have an entire new platform called the New Wave Premium Membership. And this is essentially a, a, a new layer of content for members who really want to support the platform and get the most that they can from all the things that I've been teaching, all the guests I've been bringing on, and all the things that I've learned in entrepreneurship and life over the last you know, decade or so. Um, If you join New Wave Premium Membership, you're going to get private essays and podcasts from me that I can't post here on Spotify or on iTunes, things where I go deeper behind the scenes with certain guests. I also have an entire archive of old shows that aren't online anymore with guests that you would really want to hear from. Um, I also put full-length courses and workshops up in the New Wave Premium Membership. And we do workshops every month or so. And I post all of these for new wave premium members to learn, whether it's on crypto or personal finance or sales and marketing or uh, or productivity, mental health, things like that. All these courses are inside of the new wave premium membership. We have a Discord server with uh, with a community of people that's that's growing pretty quickly. You know, really people who are on the same track of developing themselves, of improving their lives and businesses, and just building up. Building up a community of people who want to do shit, you know? Uh, I, I put out merch drops when I do it. These are fun things. I have VIP tickets and discounts on the workshops that we post. Um, so this is a great community of people who uh, are just looking to build. And and for listeners of the show, we're doing a dollar for the first month. And that's 29 bucks a month after that. You can cancel whenever you want. So if you want to take advantage of that, you can go to newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash premium and you can get your friends of the show pass. That's what we'll call it the friends of the show pass. So that's newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash premium. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thanks for surfing this new wave with me and I'll catch you on the flip side. Let's get back to the show.
0: So to your point about innovation, what I think is very, very unique is Apple TV plus has out of all the subscriptions right now has like the least content on it. But once you're into that ecosystem, you're kind of hooked. Because they do something that a lot of other products haven't that I actually find really fascinating. Um, we did a little bit of research on it when I worked on it, but nothing too crazy. But if you watch like a Ted Lasso, which, by the way, wasn't developed or built under Apple. It was developed independently, and then Apple bought them. All they did right. was they, have I mean, them yeah. – and that's their biggest Just show, right? <laughs> and all they did was they had them reshoot certain scenes where there was like a computer or a phone with the iPhone, with the MacBook. And so there's so much natural what, what product placement, Ted Lasso. But this is all their shows. Ted Lasso, show. oh my God! If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, bro, that's next on. I'm your not. Agenda. I'm not on
1: Apple TV. Yeah,
0: you can get. I a so, subscription. I, it's that's free. the one I'm not on. Yeah, right. It's the one okay. you're not on. That's uh, the one which I'm not on. speaks to the, the ecosystem of. This I'm even whole on space Disney too. Plus. I refuse Disney Plus, but yeah, that's what I mean. And so, like, you're gonna start seeing other streaming services adopt that model now, right? So, like. Disney is a good example. I mean, they don't have physical products, but they can definitely in, introduce characters and in certain like things throughout. That's sublime. Yeah. Well,
1: too. I mean, they they do have. I mean, well, they though they have plenty of physical products. Of course, Disney does, right? Physical products, merch, distribution through their parks. Yes, uh,
0: absolutely. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, but it, it, it's I guess it's blowing my mind because now that we're having this conversation, I was I was kind of dogging Apple and thinking, oh, they're not being innovative. But that digital services is really it, it, it's actually more lightweight to scale the digital in a lot of ways and it's oh, yeah. less dependent on their partners in China and other places which you know I know that their their handsets are still gro- you know growing but it's like the reason I haven't updated my phone is why like yeah I can get my camera better and the, the new cameras are really nice but it's just like man it's not it's any better it's, yeah. it's just another it's like if you have one nice car totally another nice car is just as
0: nice but again that's branding Right. You need the newest it's one trending. so that you sit on top of your society like culture pyramid. Well,
1: but that's what I why I encourage all my listeners. You know, this is part of the new wave. It's it's your mentality around money. It's looking at Absolutely. that and saying, I want ownership over this. I don't just want to consume it, I want to own it too. Yeah. And if you've contributed I mean, I, I, I certainly don't own as many Apple shares as I have contributed to Apple. So I, I my goal is to have a thousand shares of Apple. Yeah. And and you know they're they're at a decent price right now but they have gotten so much of my personal money yeah
0: I'm not preaching right or wrong like I agree with everything you're saying it's 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 more that it's been working and it, they're the best at it I know. I'm, know I'm just
1: I'm I'm just preaching
0: I'm just No preaching. no cuz I agree with you I mean I'm preaching and t- <laughs> Yeah it's it is But literacy. there's so, they-
1: it's amazing that they've been able to do 14 variations of the iPhone, honestly. That actually I yes. have to get some credit for. Yes, because exactly. Because really what we should be looking at besides, oh, Apple's not innovative, is the fact that they can get people to buy the same phone over and over again as if they were innovating yep. is just as innovative as them having created a new product. Because what are they going to do? Add a kazoo to the next phone? Add a fucking popcorn machine it's like no it's a phone <laughs> right. but the fact yeah. that they can make every phone be an event w- through their marketing and people genuinely yes. want it and they make just enough incremental improvements to keep people happy is so yes. actually genius and the reason yes. why they they are where they are but r.i.p steve jobs fucking <laughs> <R>. sociopath <laughs> and by the way the more i think about steve jo- <laughs> i was watching um I was watching a comedy skit oh god who is it by it was by uh it was by bill burr yeah, you, you Burr. He's,
0: he's the best
1: <laughs> he was doing a skit on um on steve jobs and he's like this is back in 2012 when steve jobs died and he's like yeah i heard the apple guy steve jobs died and you know everyone being so sad i just thought why you know <laughs> he's just talking about how uh steve would basically just say you know i kind of just imagined him being in a room and just saying all right guys you know i want all my music in here do it You know, make it happen. I don't care what you need to do. Make it fucking happen. And then he comes up on stage, like it's just him and says, Look what I created. You know, (laughs) I made this wonderful, you know, with just his name and just his face, Uh, which is kind of, in a way, true if you've read his his autobiography. It's kind of just like, you
0: know. But there's something that speaks to (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. (laughs) Do it. it. There's something that speaks to someone that is. They see an opportunity, innovation in their mind and speak yes, it to reality yes. because would that be a yes. thing right now if it wasn't for that man specifically? Who knows? Maybe, right? But like that is really powerful, especially when people are sitting there saying you can't and this isn't possible. Speaking things and inspiring yeah. people, I think, is is um, a necessary skill to lead. And it's something that's like – that's something I face. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I've always like looked for opportunities to find and start businesses I can't code. I've learned to uh, video edit. I've learned to obviously market. I've learned all these different skills. But coding is such an – that's a dedicated skill that you need someone who knows it inside out to help you build something. I have to lean on someone. I can speak something to existence, but I can't be the one actually behind the computer spending all my time doing this. Because I got I to I pitch the idea. I got to like work with someone else over here. I got to bring it to fruition. You know, I got to market it, all that stuff. I need someone who's dedicated on that. I give Steve credit for that. Steve is a genius marketer as well.
1: You know, no oh, one yeah. could have marketed that product. As well as he did. And there's just a certain flair that you have for it. There's a certain... Now, there's another guy that I know, a friend of mine. His name is Chris Stoikos. And he uh, used to run... Uh, he was the CEO of this company called uh, the uh, Beard Club, which did all these ads. And he had this big beard. And it was beard oils and different types of... Oh, like I have your product. Beard.
0: It's, in, it's yeah, in my bathroom. Yeah.
1: And yeah. yeah, he would do these crazy commercials where he'd be like, men, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, basically just like creating a culture around... Beards and manliness, and adopting um, the old spice. He's just model. so, yeah, exactly, yeah. He's just so good at that type of messaging, so good at that type of marketing, so engaging on it that you know those types of fire starters are great as visionary leaders for companies, and they're the people that yes. attract the talent. That want to develop the thing, and so yeah, you got to have those two. But I think, but I think the public over overestimates, overrates some of these people. Like, oh, Steve, you're the one, just like Elon. Oh, Elon, like Elon's really yeah. smart, but he cool. has a whole team of geniuses working for him because he inspired them. Absolutely, you know? but he's not. A, a really a scientist you
0: know and this, this is a great it. absolutely and this is a great full circle what you're saying about like someone who, um like like your buddy that you mentioned full circle back to the metaverse and what we were saying initially right where it's if you're going to enter the space pick an audience and a niche that fits what you're looking for and don't just push out a random message around nfts like you're throwing right. darts at a dartboard
1: Create create a whole well, and you know, like if someone's gonna launch it, it really any project, you know, um to create a whole story around why you're doing it, what the exact target is, what the roadmap is for what this this NFT project is gonna unlock for its holders. You know, you have to put you can't just say we're DC Comics, we have we have Batman, mm-hmm. come get this NFT. I mean you can, but you know, one thing that I think Marvel has been meticulous about Just to contrast, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if Marvel has done an NFT drop yet, have they? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure, but one thing that I've been meticulous about, I've seen is weaving a narrative, uh, throughout all of their concepts from the television screen, the big screen to the small screen to the digital, and then in with the Disney family. So they've really like, they've crossed everything and they've, they've really made a tight web. Whereas DC can't even keep the same director or the same actors from movie Mm. to movie. And that has really hurt the continuity because I loved Christian Bale. I liked Ben Affleck a lot less, and I haven't seen Robert Pattinson yet in Batman, but that doesn't create – and they've always done that. It's always been like, okay, it's Michael Keaton. Okay, now it's Val Mm -hmm. Kilmer. Okay, now it's George Clooney. You're like, okay, you know, it's like – But but look look what Marvel was able to do, like 12 movies with Robert Downey, you know. Look what James Bond was able to do. So many movies with the same – Daniel Craig's on like six now. You know, that
0: creates that narrative, and it's like, okay, we can follow along. You know? What's uh yeah what's interesting about them is the culture imprint. Right? Like mm-hmm. the fact the thing that I love the most about them is that they've literally created an experience where everyone sits in the in the movie theater and waits for the credits to end to watch oh, the yeah. last snippet. That's genius. And that's,
1: that's that's an Apple level play. That's an Apple level blue genius. text bubble play. Yeah. And now I get mad at other movies that don't do that.
0: Absolutely. If a
1: DC movie doesn't put something <laughs> after the press, I'm like, "Fuck you guys, you yeah. suck." I and it, it wouldn't around. have been that hard for them to do it. Yep. They
0: don't. How genius, man! That's that's Marvel, building on something. The Easter eggs. Yes. All that stuff, right? That's speaking mm-hmm. to your audience. I was gonna say, well, I was gonna say Marvel
1: also releases like roadmaps essentially of these are the ones that are coming up in the universe to create cross promotion yes. and future anticipation. Whereas DC is like, we don't know, Absolutely. we're gonna do Aquaman next.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 Splinter versus this is like a whole yeah. web. It's genius, right. man. It's uh it's it's, it's so well it's, done. So well done. And they create an identity for themselves. Um and what's great about it, right, is It's what we were talking about before, about hitting your audience and hitting your niche with those Easter eggs. But once you've done that and you have your stable base, then you're able to scale it out to the general populace. Now everyone wants to watch Spider-Man because it's a cultural icon, but you're still appeasing to the core fans with the Easter eggs who are sitting in the movie. Hence, you're hitting on a larger demographic while still appeasing your main base. Genius.
1: I was skeptical of uh, Disney buying up all those properties, but now I'm actually happy that they did it. I think they did a really good job at keeping the unique identity of the brands. I give them credit yep. for that. The Star Wars, I felt like as they've as they as they've continued to produce more, the quality has gone down a bit um, just because that story keeps being told, the same story, a lot. Marvel has been able to switch up their stories a ton and it's been amazing. Star Wars tells the same story in three acts every time. What has been the best has been their TV stuff. Um mm, I've heard that. I, I, I wouldn't even mind if if Disney bought DC as well. They could fix it.
0: Yeah. Then you're talking yeah. about like competitors in the same place and stuff. And actually, that's a funny story because that's something that very much exists in like marketing right now. They're not really – compa- like- I
1: mean, they could be symbiotic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe i mean then yeah. now you're now you're hurting you know? like the core core demographic and like how passionate they are maybe. about both but because you know that that's also a marketing play itself like the feud you know like dc is better than marvel marvel's better who would, than dc
1: who would buy well who would buy dc as a bigger company to to help to help them get some amazon cohesion?
0: probably amazon, amazon would be my guess because mm. amazon is now purchasing mm. i think they own the rights to like certain nfl games for next year which is crazy because now you're going to have to watch streaming rights. Yeah. And not all of them, but certain ones. So now if you want to watch certain NFL games, you're going to have to do it through Amazon. This is what I heard in another podcast, Don't quote me because I don't have like the research. It. But like I've heard that's what's, ha- that's what's coming.
1: What, what, do you, what do you think about it? Amazon's reach is so tremendous now. Do you think there's a point where it's like this is uh, uh, dangerous for society?
0: Depends on how you want to view dangerous. I mean, it's, it's like what we were saying before. Where we were saying we'll opt in because we're wary of it at this point in our lives. Like we know. Um, it's like, I literally, my job is to target. Based on like data and the way you act online. Now we're not hitting you personally. There's like hash cookies and stuff. So we don't know it's Daniel DiPiazza that I'm hitting, but I know it's, it's people like you and you will fall within that bucket. So how sketchy is that? It depends on how you want to take it. So I think it's the same story as, as, you know, Amazon owning and running things like that. Yeah. I,
1: I sometimes I think about the, what it must be like to be in the mind of someone who. Has created this this beast. I know that it's always more than one person, but it's just interesting to think about what your motivation would have to be to to create this type of li- living organism. Basically, yeah, it, it, it's there must be an insatiable urge, an insatiable, incurable urge power. for
0: power. For power. The part the part that gets me, the part that I hate in all this is the exclusivity, and it started with music, and and for the most part, thank God we like worked our way out of that. Um, but when like iTunes bought up the exclusive rights to Drake's album and then Tidal was doing Jay Z and Kanye West and yeah, now all of a sudden yeah, you're paying for three yeah. different music platforms just to listen to singular albums that was awful right we moved out of that but and, now TV's doing it
1: that's what and that's exactly what I'm saying it, it's they 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 promise we'd be better off than cable and now it's worse
0: now it's like you're bundling all these things and it's, it's more expensive way worse. than cable
1: <laughs> it's more expensive than cable and the experience okay it's not that much better i mean you have to switch between apps it's nice but a lot of times you'll be like oh seinfeld's not on this one anymore it's on this one. Oh, their, their deal must have expe- you know ended it's on this platform now or oh you know my game of thrones is you know it's yes it's only now on show it's only now on hbo it's not on this one you're like you know you're moving platform to platform to get the same thing and you're
0: just paying for all of them absolutely and it's also like without giving any data away because this obviously i can't talk too much but like on apple tv plus it's like It's how much is it worth for like the adoption for how much you're paying to like bring someone on when like you give free trials and they're probably going to use up the free trial and then jump to like a new one because the content over there is better. Are they actually going to for out the amount of money that you're putting out and that could be Apple, that could be Amazon, that could be Netflix, that could be anyone, right? Like the amount of money you're putting out for a, a quote unquote lifetime investment of someone just paying month over month for your subscription, when does that start to turn into revenue? Because you're probably not going to see revenue for 10 plus years. And it's a bet right now for a lot of these smaller guys outside of Netflix and Hulu that already have an established base.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was uh, doing some re- some research on SVOD um, companies and looking at just subscription video uh, models. And most consumers now subscribe in America subscribe to three to five uh, streaming services. Mm. And there are certain ones that are going to be just kind of just you know foundational for most households and then you only have maybe one or two slots for extra ones so the main foundational ones are going to be like most people are going to be on netflix netflix period you know um most people I'm, I'm also including amazon prime in this because there's a streaming component to that and it's the biggest subscription component in america that one and then the one that's catching up really rapidly is disney plus and they are going So they're 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 getting close to uh, who, well, I'd say I'd say either Hulu or Disney Plus. But guess what? Hulu Disney owns Hulu, so it's like you know, <laughs> who's really winning there?
0: They also own you ESPN, know? and yeah, that's, right. that's The whole thing. So it's
1: so it's like you say Hulu, oh Hulu and Disney Plus. But it's like Disney was already in the streaming game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. right
1: <laughs> it's not right, like they right. just got here. So, but so there's really only about one to two slots for people's attention, and HBO Max or HBO uh, streaming, HBO Go. They have, they've had a couple different versions of this. HBO mm. Go, HBO, HBO, HBO is here. Uh, you have Apple TV, which is here. You have some of these other ones. These uh, we have one. We have we have uh, freaking. Is it called Peacock or oh god? You know it's like it's to watch. I just want to watch Twilight Zone. It's the only one that Twilight Zone's on. Okay, it's like it was CBS All Access, and they they change it to uh, to I think Peacock Network. You know after that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know what's really fascinating? I I think what you'll really actually find interesting as well about the whole space and why advertisers are so gung-ho about living in this environment is linear TV, which is what dominated advertising from 50s all the way into the last like 5, 10 years, is not measurable. It's all based on projections, based on audience and, and ratings and all that good stuff. So you push out a guess number of how many people you're reaching. SVOD, connected TV, online, all these streaming, all these spaces, you're able to measure and monitor down to the, the singular person. You know how many people are clicking through on what content. How long they're consuming? What episodes? How many times are they returning? When do they drop off the platform? Have we brought them back into the ecosystem? That's a science. And
1: got an SVOD, guys, is subscription video on demand. So it's just an industry term for subscription video, like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and there's different models of it. You know, they have like Netflix, which is no ads, and they have different tiers with hulu where you can get an ad supported version a non-ad supported version they have uh the amazon prime model where you have to or the amazon video model where it's it's almost tvod which is transactional video on demand which is like yeah. i'm gonna pay for individual video well, you done. know like i bought freaking home alone three christmases in a row and it's like <laughs> it's so disrespectful because when i buy it they start me from where i left off last year but it, You know, after (laughs) my membership had expired. So, I'm like, you fucking bastards. I watch this every year and you just lock it.
0: (laughs) They know who you are. You know? Yeah. And that's what's so appealing about it, right? It's like now we're able to actually measure the impact on and prove out to our clients.
1: Yeah. And then they serve me Home Alone ads at the same time every year. They're like, three years in a row, Danny, you've watched Home Alone. You're ready to watch for a fourth? What's going on? Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, you know me so well.
0: You're two days late on your annual purchase of Home Alone. What's going on here, buddy? (laughs) Uh, Do
1: you you feel like maybe jingle all the way this year? You know, it's just like, you know, I'm thinking of making my own decisions. And it's just her serving
0: me ads based on what I did three years in a row already. Yeah. It's fascinating, man. It's it's the future. And and what we were saying before, like, is even that considered a little bit of metaverse? And I think that's the other thing that brands are juggling with is like, can they get away with like saying to their senior leadership that – we are playing in the metaverse by doing the bare minimum. So you're appeasing the whole like innovation side of it. Right. Also. That's more like political,
1: like just so we can sit oh, and yeah. playing along. There yeah. are some brands I think that are taking more risks than others. Um, sure. I don't – can you name some of them? I don't even know which ones they would be. Which ones are like really jumping in head first and like going hard?
0: So the bees did the museum thing. I think they're like the biggest in the yeah, space. I, I think – I mean without – it goes without saying that Facebook is, is by far well, the biggest they say, they yeah, li- they re- yeah, they literally what are they, rebranded.
1: And what's their, their their big their big of uh, what do they call it? temple is going to be is going to be the Oculus. Is that how they're going to get people to get in there?
0: I think they see themselves as like what I was describing before, where it's like an online like experience you've seen on like movies and shows where it's like everyone has their Mobis and stuff that they go into right. when they're living in this virtual world. Like they want to be the 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 hub for that, whether that includes advertising and branding right away or not. They want to be the actual like virtual experience that everyone is like kind of foreseeing is going to happen anyways. Why not now?
1: Then? Now isn't that chicken and egg? Because they're, what they're saying is, guys, this is what's going to this is where it's already going. So we want to be the hub of this, or are they saying this is what we're making it and we already have a billion users? So guess yes. what? This is the metaverse. You answer, know, it's like
0: yeah. Answer C, both <laughs> A and B, right? Yeah it's not yeah, chicken or egg it's yeah. like it's all those things at once
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's not like oh we just we you have all voted to decide what the metaverse is going to be like and we're just making that for you it's this is what it's going to look like Get yeah. in your fucking facebook uh avatar bitch this is what yeah. it is
0: they a already your have choice. and it's genius because they already have the ecosystem right it's not like they're <laughs> yeah, creating they the user, this from scratch base. yeah yeah it's just it's about scary, assigning you know, yourself the,
1: and, and I would say that they had an issue. The, the one thing they don't have is they don't have really true dominance over some sort of physical handset device like Apple does or even Amazon to a certain extent with some of their, you know, uh, their stuff. But they do have the Oculus and that's, that will grow. They tried – Facebook tried with their portal thing too. It was like this, you know, this – like it's like a tablet. You could FaceTime call people but with Facebook, using Facebook Messenger. They tried that a lot. I don't know how successful that was. They, they've been trying to get into VR, Internet of Things. I think people are still on the fence about the Oculus, but I'm not sure
0: what what the growth numbers are. And even then, like just because they don't have like a handheld thing, like that's just a tool, you know. Like they're literally trying to create an ecosystem. Like you're going to use an iPhone or a Samsung device to tune in to Facebook or Meta, as they deem themselves, you know.
1: But they, but we saw how much of a beating they took in Q4, just when Apple and other companies didn't let them advertise as easily. So they're not they're heavily dependent on these other platforms you know
0: yeah and, it's uh, um that's definitely one they big lost knock a lot of on, money. yeah that's one big knock on apple for sure is they dominate the app ecosystem and if they don't feel like you're um first of all if you're not paying the, the pretty uh, transparently egregious rates where i think it's like 30% of the revenue right to just live on their platform then you're kicked off um which is what uh what fortnite i forget their the owner of, of Fortnite, the the aggregator company, like they don't exist in the Apple ecosystem anymore, and there was a big lawsuit that went along with that because they were like, "Hey, we're promoting this on our own platform, and people can download our apps." Well, you can, you, know, you can not thank Mister
1: uh, R.I.P. Mister Jobs for that. That was his whole idea. His idea was, you know, we're going to charge a thirty percent royalty, and on top of that. You don't even get the customer data. We get the customer data. So New York Times, you want people to get your New York Times. We're going to charge you 30% of their subscription fee and we're going to keep the customer. And that is
0: ruthless and genius. Going back to what you were saying about like low-key cheering on the villain. Like how could you not admire that? Because that was a total villain move. Is it evil?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And, and, And you know what? For anyone who's listening to me and criticizing me. That's the reason why they make shows like Dirty Money, okay? Because people obviously do cheer for the bank robbers. They yeah, do cheer yeah. for the people that are breaking the rules. So right. don't, if, if that morally, breaking if you're like touching your pearls while I'm saying this, breaking bad. We cheer for this, okay? We cheer for Bonnie and Clyde. So don't yeah. get mad at me, okay? I'm a normal human like you and I want to see them <laughs> win sometimes. You know? Especially, yeah. if it's, again, if it's not violent crime, I don't want violent crime. You know, like for instance, I watched this one, uh, We'll start, we'll start wrapping here. I want to see uh, if you've seen this movie. I was watching this one on uh, Netflix. Oh, God. What was it called? Um, oh, it's called Tread. Have you seen this movie before? No, I haven't. Tread, the true story of Marvin Heemeyer. So this guy, Marvin, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what happened to him, but he lived in a town where he felt very disrespected. He felt just that he wasn't getting his uh, his just dessert and he wanted to get some revenge on a few specific people so what did he do uh he spent over a year uh developing and building a giant tank with guns and uh giant turrets and uh he spent over a year building this and he hid it from everyone and he went on a rampage where he then flattened buildings in the town and just destroyed multiple different homes, businesses, buildings. Gosh. And And uh, I think he killed some people too. Then the police came for a standoff and he took out like 10 plus police cars. A whole SWAT team had to come and take him out. Holy cow. And he built all these different uh, defensive systems in there, air conditioning units, machine guns. And, um, you know, eventually they, they were able to take him out. But I was watching and cheering for him the whole time.
0: <laughs> not when you get into I, uh, people's lives. I wanted him to win. And, yeah, he's rebellious. Kind of
1: and I didn't want him to kill anybody. Yeah. But right. sometimes it's like you see the Joker, and you think, yeah, you know what? People were making fun of him. Right. That, right, that talk show right, host right, was right. making fun of him. Right. Right. Right, she, right. Right. You know, respect these people. Yeah, it's rooted
0: in something. It's That's like it's not. like the uh, the Joker movie, right? Where like. I, didn't, I actually didn't right. watch it but joaquin phoenix like you root for his character because he was like yeah. bullied and mocked and all that stuff yeah even though he ends up being yeah. like a psychopath
1: <laughs> totally yeah i mean you obviously like you you don't want to uh you don't want to hurt anybody but the
0: underdog is is everyone is yes. fell off the underdog you yes. know at some that's point why sports you know, are so riveting and that's and relatable sports and yep yep absolutely so
1: so talk to me give me a movie recommendation as we wrap i want to hear something that i haven't heard, heard before
0: I'm not going to give you the movie recommendation. I'm going to double down on Ted Lasso for you. It is unbelievable. You got to get the, the free trial for Apple, but you'll binge through the two seasons in that time. Um, it's a culture phenomenon. It's literally about um, this. He was a college football coach, right? That uh, got recruited to go play for major league soccer in Europe for an actual team and like coach that team. You know, he has nothing. He doesn't know anything about football, a football you know is only about football and there's a whole paradigm right. it's it's like a half comedy behind it um and it really barely touches on the sports angle it's more about like it's almost like a workplace comedy and it's just so natural and so good i don't speak about content and shows like this often you gotta go watch it okay i'm on it oh um I'm on it. here's yeah, something that's what, that's i think that's Here's something that I think will uh, catch your fancy. Um, oh, my God. What's his name? Like the actual uh, Jason Sudeikis is is the lead in it. And he won the Emmy. or the, I forget one of those like awards. Right. And he was so sure that he wasn't going to win it that he just came on completely stoned. And if you watch his speech, he just goes into like a whole rant when he actually did win it. In this, like, high state about reading a book to his daughter and everyone's like, what is going on? And it was just, like, the perfect antithesis of, like, his character in the show.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you got to just go
0: for it, you know? Yeah. You got to yeah. go for it. Yeah. So, highly recommend that. Uh, that and uh, go watch uh, Reagan, the music video I was telling you about by Killer Mike.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. This, this is how I get all my recommendations on because there's so much content out there. I have to ask friends. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll get your opinion. And What's I, actually serious, make worth a list. it? Yeah. I'll make a list. And another thing I do, here's a tip for you guys as we as we wrap. Whenever I'm on the phone with someone who's like I'm on the phone with a like customer service agent or just someone who like I know doesn't want to be on the phone with me and I don't really want to be on the phone with them either. It's like but we just have to do it and there's like sometimes some tension. Sometimes at the end of it or even at the beginning, I'll say, hey, uh, I'm just talking to friends today and I'm making a playlist of all people's favorite songs. What's your favorite song? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, uh, oh, What? what i'm like i'm like oh no what's your favorite song and so like i've got a lot of good artists oh, from people, cool. random people like i like the, the bank and stuff like for instance i started listening to Dua a leap up because people like give me like song art recommendations yeah. so i'll make a playlist so i have a playlist now of random people and i'll be wow, somewhere i'll dude. go oh, just real fast what's your favorite song and i have a playlist of everyone's favorite songs
0: i love that that is so cool because you're also yeah. engaging the person on the other side of the screen or phone right they're like oh now i'm more sure. maybe you i'll get give all you new music yeah, maybe I'll give you better customer service now. Oh, that's amazing! I love that. And I took—I
1: want to give credit. I think I took that from Chris Stoikos. I, I think he was the one who told me about that. Wow,
0: Magic that's card. really impressive. Um, that, that speaks to you, and again, going back to the very beginning, right? And like how I think you and I just naturally like had like a pull—is like that you just have ideas and concepts like that that are out there, but like so genuine. You know what I mean? Yep, yeah. I love it. Yeah, man, it's uh, even in the metaverse. You gotta be authentic.
1: Gotta
0: be authentic. You still Gotta be. You
1: still and gotta everything be in life, uh, online,
0: Cam, offline, doesn't matter. Be authentic. Do, do you? Do you have a
1: place people can find you? How can they contact
0: you if they want to? Yeah, you, to can, you can follow. You? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Cam underscore Kirkwood underscore again. Um, I'm going to be releasing a podcast reminiscent to something like this, but focus more on the media side. So, Daniel, you can absolutely expect guest appearance on that to speak about your specialty in this space um so mine will be more about just general media but this is obviously going to be a big topic
1: tope man all right we'll we put it on the show notes anyway we'll put links to all your profiles uh, much love you. guys i'll catch you on the outro of this episode peace thanks all All right, my friends, that's it for today. That wraps the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my friend, Cam Kirkwood. You can uh, check out the posting of this show on newwaveentrepreneur.com and also see all the other recent episodes we've put up. If you haven't checked out our most recent workshop, it's coming up March 4th and 5th. It's the Peak Performance Workshop. You can check that out at newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash Peak to learn more, uh, it's a habit for busy individuals, entrepreneurs, professionals who want to move up in their lives and careers, become more effective, to create better habits, and live a higher quality of life. Uh, also, we're dealing with some, the ideas around mental health and uh, and anxiety and depression in the entrepreneurship and professional space. I think it's highly worth your time. Early birds, get 100 bucks off plus a buddy pass. So go to newwaveentrepreneur.com forward slash peak to learn more about that. That's all I got for you. I will catch you on the flip side. Uh, tomorrow, is, tomorrow is Throwback Thursday. So we'll go from there. Much love. The water is warm. The tide is rising. It's time to jump in and surf this new
0: wave.